0: Welcome into the Locked on Knicks podcast. Gavin Shaw, Alex Wolf, and the New York Knicks 129 to 119 winners over the Oklahoma City Thunder on a night where the Knicks' Big Three look like it.
1: Yeah, a measure of redemption for the embarrassment that the Thunder handed the Knicks the last time when they were playing at Madison Square Garden. Jalen Brunson looking like. Dot, dot, dot. And all-star? What? Like, maybe? I don't know. We're, I think it's about time to start talking about that. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle's performances. And also great games from Emmanuel Quickly, Quentin Grimes, and others. A pretty nice night all around for the Knicks. So that's all coming up next on Locked on Knicks. You are locked on Knicks. Your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team
0: every day.
1: And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. With the five, going for the layup. Thompson, puck left. Now fires it three. He and he's fouled. Anthony for three.
0: and this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp, the world's largest therapy service. BetterHelp has 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com/lockdown nba. And we wanted to thank you for making Lockdown Nick your first listen today and every day. We are now available on all platforms and that includes on YouTube. So appreciate you checking out our smiling faces each and every day on there. But hey, who's talking to you? I'm Gavin Shaw, a play-by-play broadcaster. He's Alex Wolf, not of the Naked Brothers band, but of the Strickland, the editor-in-chief, in fact. Not not just not like a janitor at the Strickland. He's running the place. You can check them out on all social media at the Strick. Dot land. I highly advise you do. Some fantastic Knicks coverage, Knicks writing, Knicks podcasts uh, all available on there. And a fantastic Knicks performance to celebrate tonight, Alex. A 129-119 to 119 victory over the Oklahoma City Thunder. The story of the game, Jalen Brunson, 34 points, tying a regular season high, 13 of 14 from two-point range. I'm just going to repeat that one more time. 13 of 14 for a guy who's probably 5'11", not hyper-athletic, a virtuoso performance for Jalen Brunson.
1: Yeah, I just, as an aside, got to mention real quick, that Naked Brothers band reference. I, it's so funny. Someone at work literally brought that up to me today, too. And I was like, <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I had never heard of that in my life. <laughs> but really? apparently an actor on that show, same name as me. Never in my life have I heard that. So twice in one day, very serendipitous, very weird stuff. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I have heard of Jalen Brunson prior to today. And yeah, I mean, I thought this was this was the most Jalen Brunson performance of the season. I felt like if that's like an adjective now, Um, you know, he he was just he did, to your point, anything that he wanted on the offensive end in terms of like getting to the spots that he loves to get to, which is the mid range and was just so deadly there, like made the thunder look pathetic honestly uh and you know as much as I very much dislike when Wally Zerbiak is uh in for Clyde mostly because he repeats things a million times one of the things you didn't
0: like it when he said giddy 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 giddy
1: <laughs> that was on the post game show so that's different however that no, was no he said it on the
0: broadcast more again too oh
1: did he say that today yeah, too that, i missed that was, one. right
0: it, it was in the open it was like it was like you know what oh this means god. mike giddy, giddy giddy
1: giddy oh my god and then mike yes. said never
0: never do that again
1: well that's the second time because he, he first did that on the post game show i probably realized how much everybody hated it so he's like you know what nobody likes me anyway let me just do this again um yeah. <laughs> double down on that but anyway yeah, brunson uh, you know, he just made them all look silly. And, and Wally, to his credit, did point out during the game, like, although I think he was giving Poku a little too much credit, Lexi Pukashevsky on the Thunder, he kept being like, well, they don't have Poku today, so that means they have no rim protection. I'm
0: like... He's been playing well, to be fair, yeah.
1: I mean, he's been playing well, but like, is he that huge of a difference? He's blocking a lot of shots. I don't know. He's, yeah. he's a good
0: rim protector. Yeah,
1: I think they lack rim protection in general. Uh, so, you know, Brunson really took advantage of that, just kind of getting into the paint pulling off his spin moves and everything and, and getting everything he wanted. It was just, I, mean, it was a beautiful performance from him. And, and Gavin, I think it begs the question, uh, cause it's about that time to start talking about this. We're like, I think they're going to start tallying votes like next month, uh, like within the next, like two, three weeks. Like, do you think Brunson's an all-star as of right now? Like, let's just say that the Knicks in theory, keep their same trajectory of being about 500, you know, uh, from now until, what, like a week or two before the All-Star game, so like the end of January. Do you think he ends up an All-Star? I'm kind of inclined to say yes with the way that he's playing. Like, I think after tonight, I I can't find the updated stats just yet, but he's probably at about 21-7 and right now on good efficiency from pretty much every area of the floor. I mean, I don't see any way that he's not an All-Star at this point with how he's been playing.
0: Yeah, I'm just counting them up right now so there were six guards on team durant and there were uh, yeah about approximately six for uh team lebron last year so let, let's just let, let's call it six guards coming out of the eastern conference this year um the the sure bets to make it over him i'm gonna say are donovan mitchell tyrese halliburton trey young uh, maybe um, Tyrese Maxey could have been in that mix, but he he got hurt. He's going to miss a few weeks. So yeah, I, I I feel comfortable with those being the short bets. The other people in the conversation: Drew Holiday, but he's been hurt for a while now. He's going to have missed quite a bit of time. Darius Garland, who also missed a lot of time, is playing much better now. So he is a chance to make it over Jalen Brunson, uh, Bradley Beal, statistically. I would say having a slightly worse season than Jalen Brunson, but doing so for a better team. DeJounte Murray, I think, would deserve it over Jalen Brunson right now. Um, DeMar DeRozan, probably more of a forward than a guard at this point, but depends how you qualify him. Kyrie Irving, I, I don't I don't think the NBA will let that happen, uh, rightfully. Um, so maybe as an injury replacement. I, I, I wouldn't say it's a sure thing at this point.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of like, I guess maybe I'm – if go figure I'm I'm a little higher uh, I, I feel like I tend to be the one that, that is amongst us like on but it's probably I mean you're usually a little more realistic than I am I would probably put him in above a guy like a DeJounte I think I mean I just kind of I don't know I, I look at a DeJounte and like I understand he's having a really good season but he's the second guy on his own team you know what I mean so it's like are you really going to have both Trey and DeJounte in there? I guess like if the Hawk kept at their current pace, like they're 10 and six right now. So I, I guess if they keep it that same pace, then yeah, I guess it's not unheard of that. If the that's the two best players that they both make it. Um, Halliburton, I'm with you. I think, I think should make it over him. Um, and I guess Bradley Beal. You know, again, that's like if if the Wizards keep up their pace. So if they're like a decent bit above 500 and the Knicks are still 500, I think it becomes harder to to say, okay, it should be Brunson. But I think he could probably make it over like Levine right now. Levine would get those like legacy votes. But, you know, because like once you make it in the first time to the All-Star game, I think it becomes like increasingly easy to make more All-Star teams. Uh, Maxi, if he can get healthy quick enough and get enough for, games like, under I his month, belt and he would yeah i mean that's gonna be pretty rough i mean it wouldn't be unheard of but i don't know if he's quite at that level yet where he would like make his first all-star team having not played the whole first half of the season um so i'm i don't know i think he's got a puncher's chance but maybe maybe he is kind of still fringe at this point but i i think it's cool that we get to have this conversation at this point yeah. like I think I think it's I think he's definitely the most likely out of aim the Knicks to make it. I mean, I can't see a world where unless RJ starts shooting like eighty percent overall for the next like month and change, that that that's going to happen. And Randall, I guess maybe I could see. You know, you talk about the legacy votes, whatever. But the like the All Star game is so narrative based, like that. If the Knicks are still like five hundred by the All Star break nobody's going to be talking about like, oh, Julius Randle's playing pretty well again. They're going to be talking about like, oh, the Knicks finally got their point guard. And that's why they're back where they are. So I think it would be, (laughs) so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure we'll have a more in-depth conversation about this in the future, but before we started recording, it was just like, I don't know. I think it was just because like he scored over 30 and almost had a double-double with 34 points and just how amazing he looked in this game. I just couldn't help but think like, Is has he
0: finally put himself there? And I
1: I think he has. I think if that was his goal going into this year, he's doing a pretty good job of manifesting it at this point.
0: Yeah, I I just want to go over the night that was for him because it was it was pretty incredible. Um, his passing stood out to me almost as much as his scoring. Like had had this great slip pass to Mitchell Robinson on the roll just to to start off the night for Mitch on a positive note when Mitch really needed the help um I, I love the the back door we can talk about this when we get to quentin grimes but the back door he had to quentin grimes that was like a little just one-handed uh, kind of bowling ball style pass that, to hit him in stride for a dunk um and the chemistry between those two is really good um and the one area that brunson struggled in this game was, was kind of forcing up some step-back threes and, and that's been true for him the last couple of games and i hope he continues to get more minutes with grimes because i, I just think grimes is the kind of gravity and is the kind of passer that could get him uh more of the spot-up looks that he's been really good at in the past uh then i wanted to quickly mention that shot he hit in the third quarter at the free throw line when the shot clock was expiring and he was, he was basically falling down as he shot it and just threw it a million feet up in the air it, it was a step shot like like that kind of arc that kind of audacity to take it and, and just the touch to hit it you, you could tell he was in the midst of a special night when that uh went in. and then the final shot i wanted to call out was uh about two and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter um Sets a screen for Julius Randle to get Jalen Williams uh, switched on to him, who, who's not a bad defender, but is a rookie. And then Brunson just torched him, like blew right by him for a layup. And I, I just love that aggressiveness for Brunson. I mean, he's talking about post game, like how he's trying to balance passing and scoring right now. And tonight, I, I just I, I, thought it was pretty perfect, um, the extent to which he did that. And, and then finally, that, that no look lob to Jericho Sims. And this is becoming a theme with him where a lot, a lot of Guards, I think, default to playing it very safe when they have a six to eight point lead with two minutes left. But to me, that's how you blow leads a lot of time While Brunson just keeps making these really smart, calculated risks with the types of passes he throws in the closing minutes. Again, this one was a look off, got Sims wide open, then threw him the lob. And again, it was a, a little risky, but it was smart, and it essentially ended the game. So just it, he was he was an assassin. That that is the only word to use for tonight. Um, Alex, I want to I get to the other members of the big three, Julius Randall, R.J. Barrett, who, uh, especially for R.J., is a big, big night for him, given how poorly he was playing. Uh, but first, I want to talk about one of our favorites here at Locked on Knicks, and that is Turo. Turo is the world's largest car-sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget. Across the U.S., U.K., Canada, and coming soon to Australia. Book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip. Get a classic or luxury car for a special event, birthday, or holiday. Find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and just need to get from A to B. Test drive that new electric vehicle you've had your eye on to see how it fits in your everyday life. Many Turo hosts can deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget born rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. And we also, while we thank you for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today, might I suggest as a second listen, you check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. All right, Alex, uh, what did you what did you make of R.J. Barrett uh, getting off the schneid, as they say, uh, with 25 points? And, and at least to me, looking uh, as particularly on that early dunk that he had, just a lot more explosive and confident in this game.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's been all this talk about him not having his legs under him and everything else. And, you know, you and I were talking about this over the last few days. It's like, dude, how how bad did this, like, cold or whatever affect you that it made you this... This like unbouncy for like three straight games or whatever, or four straight games, however many it was, and he wasn't playing particularly well before they own this either. So it's like, ugh, I don't know, but he he seemed like he had the bounce back. I mean, it, it definitely seemed like on that dunk that you mentioned, it was like that took the weight off his shoulders. Like he even let out like the scream afterwards with that dunk, and you kind of just tell that he. He had a feeling of like I'm back with that dunk, you know, like okay, it's good. Like I I can jump again, I can dunk again, I can drive again. This is cool. And not only that, he could shoot again apparently, which is good. Uh, he had uh what's what's been that stupid term that Wally's been saying for the last like week and a half? He softened his legs or whatever. He must have softened his legs a lot in this game. I. You know, whatever. Threw, the, threw him in the microwave
0: means. for 20 to 30 minutes, got it, got him nice and moist, <laughs> just went to work. But
1: but but not so long that they got, you know, hard and gross, like things do in the microwave if you leave them in for too long. You know, he hit just was, the right balance. Yeah. Um, wrapped them in a paper towel, you know, everything perfect. Uh yeah, I just I I thought that he looked I, I know this is so cliche, but this is like the best analysis I come up with. Like he looked like he wasn't forcing it. You know, like, that's been the whole issue these last, like, three games prior to this is that it seems like he's trying to shoot himself out of a slump, and it's, like, visibly apparent that he's, like, no, something's wrong. I need to shoot out of this, and, you know, in turn, then he was rushing shots and taking bad shots, and even on his drives just looked uncomfortable, you know, and, like, like he couldn't get up high, so he was still trying to do the same stuff, but was just getting blocked incessantly, and whatever. And there was none of that in this game. It was just, he was decisive. He not only was, you know, looking for his shots when they were there, but was putting the ball on the floor, was getting inside, was kicking out to shooters. You know, he managed to not, what was his final assist total? Just two, but I I don't think that was indicative. Like I thought that he moved the ball quite well. Uh, So, you know, I I think that he, he got the ball moving more often than not, uh, even if he didn't get full on assists for them. And I just thought it was a great game for him. Uh, you know, it, it's it's a good way to, you know, a good stepping stone. Let's put it this way, because, again, we were saying this during the cold streak too. the whole thing with R.J. Now is he's has to show consistency for the first yeah. time in his career, honestly, um, you know, or at least consistency this early in the season. Like it, it always seems like he can't get fully calibrated and hit his stride until after January. Uh, every other year of his career so i'll be intrigued to see if you know if the sickness, if the sickness is truly behind him or whatever now can he leave it there and continue playing like this that's going to be a big a big theme for the next couple weeks i think for the knicks and for how the knicks can look to potentially progress because we've seen there were some games where rj was playing as bad as he just was for the last week that the knicks either won or were in for most of the game so I think that's a pretty clear sign that if he starts playing like this more often, the Knicks might actually win more games going forward.
0: Yeah. I, I was a little more pessimistic on the night. I thought it was a mixed bag for him. Obviously the the, the shot making is the most important thing because see. He, he he was like, I mean, including like college and high school kids just about the worst three point shooter on planet earth the last few weeks. So him, him starting off uh three for three, if I'm remembering correctly from three uh, starting off five for five from the floor, that was, that was huge for him. To your point, the playmaking, was better than it's been had a really nice drive and kick to set up a side step three for IQ in the, I think that was late in the first half. And then in the second half um, had a really nice, this was in the fourth quarter, a Nash dribble um, under the backboard and then just whipped out a pass to IQ who swung it to Randall for a corner three. Like it, it was probably the best rhythm those three have had on, on a, on a swing, swing, kick tac toe passing sequence all season. Um, but I, I still counted three occasions where, he just had total tunnel vision and missed a wide open shooter. Like on one play, he just grossly over dribbled when, when IQ was wide open on the other side of the court. And you can see IQ kind of slam his arms down in frustration. And I don't blame him because that's been happening to him and OB all season long, whenever they're on the floor with RJ. And then late in the game, looked off a wide open, maybe he just didn't see him. But to me, it looked like he looked off a wide open Quentin Grimes on the left wing. To force a tough layup um, that Grimes could have hit a shot on, and then d- defensively he was still really bad. Like Lou, Lou Dort went right through on one play. Um, him and Grimes completely misnegotiated a brush tre- brush screen at some point that gave uh, Dort a wide open uh, layup. But the look, he was getting to the rim better. He's finishing there much better. Effort was really there on the glass. He got got a couple of nice offensive rebounds. Um, yeah, so it, it was progress. It was a step in the right direction. Still far from perfect for me.
1: Yeah, and speaking of far from perfect, uh, Julius Randle had a good game as well on the stat sheet, uh, and but there was – we didn't really talk about this pre-show, but I'm I'm kind of curious to get your opinion on it. I'll give the positive for Julius first. So 25 points, 9 to 16 shooting. Uh, he had 11 boards as well. I thought he looked more engaged on offense in this game – than, certainly than he did in the last game mm-hmm. uh, or probably the last two and aged, I guess in general a little bit but still had his own lapses on defense which is becoming an unfortunately common theme and I hate to highlight this after a game when he had like really good stats and whatever and, and put together a pretty good offensive game but I mean, there was a lot of that, like, bad body language stuff, like we used to talk about last season. Like, he, so someone captured a video that showed, like, after the final buzzer sounded, he just, like, beelined for the locker room, like, didn't look at anybody. That's extremely reminiscent of that Bulls game that we talk about so much last year Yeah, when he, like, marched off to the locker room, allegedly demanded a trade afterwards, even though the Knicks won the game because he wasn't like front and center in that game. And then you know, there was just a couple other clips that I saw people captured of just like he had just made a shot and then would just like walk right by his teammates without like they're trying to like give him a high five and he just like walks by them like bumps them, you know whatever. It yeah. very bizarre. I I don't know what to make of him right now, but it was it was I guess sort of the total Julius Randle experience for this game in many ways.
0: Yeah. You know, Alex, uh, I'm, I have some thoughts, but before I get to them, uh, can you tell people maybe, maybe Julius Randall will, will, will post an ad for life coach or something. Uh, where, where, where would they go to find something like that? <laughs>
1: or perhaps some other team will be like looking for moody power forward, <laughs> disgruntled power
0: forward. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we can make you fully gruntled. Uh, so says Michael Scott, um, <laughs> Yeah, if you're looking to if you're looking for a fully gruntled power forward for your small business, uh, head to LinkedIn Jobs because these days every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100 percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. I don't do a lot of job posting myself, but I have done a fair deal of job searching in my life and LinkedIn jobs is always the first place I go to look when I'm like you know what I just updated the resume I want to go look for something new LinkedIn jobs the place to be like they always show me jobs that I would have never thought to look for but that once I look at them I say this is a fantastic fit and honestly they do a much better job than some of the other sites where I'm constantly being fed like entry-level sales positions all day and jobs that look like huge scams uh and some of which are i once had a place offer to send me like five thousand dollars allegedly it's like set up a set up to a home office or whatever and looked it up as a huge fraud so can you, you know can like,
0: that to me sounds pretty good yeah i'll
1: send it to you but don't try exactly. to cash the checker they'll 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 call it back and try to drain your bank account. Luckily, I, I looked it up ahead of time. tried. Anyway, all you have to do <laughs> if you want to add a job to LinkedIn Jobs is add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. They have simple tools like screening questions that make easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NBA to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. All right. And we're back on locked on Nixon. Gavin, you teased it before we went to the break. You said you had some thoughts on this Julius Randall situation. So let's hear him, buddy. What are your thoughts on the Julius Randall situation?
0: I think the second the guy gets traded, a million stories are going to come out about how destructive he was as a teammate. And I I honestly, I flashback, you you mentioned it uh, last podcast we did, but the quote he had um, post the Denver game where he said, yeah, you know, JB does a lot to keep my head on straight. And and the fact that he's self-aware enough to say that tells me there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes and probably has been for, for two years now that we are not privy to because the Knicks have a lot of adults in the room. And there's really no one else on the roster who is of the inclination to speak at a turn. I mean, you can, you can go up like, it's it just, it's just good guys through and through, or, or I don't even want to say good guys exclusively, but not brash guys. Like if there, if there was a Marcus Morris, a Jimmy Butler or Marquise Morris on this team, I know, I know I listed both more either, like the crazy more I stories over the years. Um, I think they would be like, Hey, Julius is, is, is kind of a, a jerk sometimes. Maybe not that word, different word. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just I, I've said it a million times, so I I feel bad re-saying it, but I I just think he is destructive to this team, and maybe, look, we're not inside the locker room. I could be dead wrong on that, but the stuff you see where he is spacing out on the court tells me he he just has zero investment at this point. So that 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 is what it is on the court. I I thought offensively he was spectacular tonight. I I want to I want to acknowledge the good. With the bad with and and, and he, um, it it was clear that to me at least that Tibbs challenged him before the game and said, "Hey, Poku's gone. You have no one to fear in there. Get to the rim, big man." And he did. He he was bullying guys, fighting through double teams, battling his way to the basket. Showed great patience around the rim. And, and I've always said this with him: I love when he gets his inside game going early because I I think it becomes a much better, much more confident shooter from mid range. He was forcing some tough shots. Maybe it was just because they were going in. I didn't mind them as much because he started off playing inside and, and was just torching whoever the thunder tried to put on him. And they tried a couple different mismatches defensively. It sucked. Uh, he was a mannequin uh, on Josh Giddy runners. And you would have thought he would have learned his lesson when, when Giddey was raining them in his face, the first time these two teams met up. Nope. Uh, still, still just letting those go through um, and, and had one play that was just ugly where he missed uh, like a, a long shot and, and it led to a long rebound and it was kind of his fault. And then he just jogs back and, and he, he leaves his teammates uh, out to die, which, which really sucks. Um, had some great rebounding in the third quarter in traffic. That that was really important for the Knicks, but the defense was terrible. The attitude was terrible. So again, it's not, it's not worth what he gives you for what he takes away.
1: Yeah. I, I, I don't have too much more to add to that. Honestly, I feel like the book has already been written on Julius Randle, right? Like, or what more can we add at this point? It almost feels like we're already in where are like, We're in the final chapter, it feels like. At least, I hope so. I don't know. I mean, I just don't see a world where it continues working with him on the team. And, like, I was willing to entertain that possibility earlier this year. You know, but now we're reaching almost the 25% mark of the season. And it just feels the same. You know, it's like he seems disconnected from the rest of the team. He seems like he's good to go get his, but the overall team result doesn't really matter to him on this team as of right now. And maybe that's, maybe he's been told by the front office that he's not part of the long-term plans. Like, Hey, just do enough to get your trade value up. There was a, I think I saw a a lightly sourced report out there that his trade value is allegedly up right now in the eyes of some NBA execs or something like, cool. Um, If that's the case, then hopefully they can find a, a amicable solution soon to, to figure things out with Julius Randle because I'm with you. I just don't – I think things have kind of reached their logical conclusion at this point where it feels like they're ready to move on from him. Uh, One guy that the Knicks should not be ready to move on from that there have been reports that they potentially would consider moving on from is Emmanuel Quickly, uh, who had 18 points in this game, four assists, three boards, shot six of eight, and four of five from three. Talk about guys that needed a robust shooting night almost as bad as R.J. Barrett, and that would be Emmanuel Quickly. Uh, I thought that he really put it together in this game. I mean, that the first and foremost thing is, like, with him, so much of what he does on offense is predicated on can he get the shot to fall on any given night. And, you know, I know he does other things other than just shoot threes, but he's really at his best when that's a real threat. And which isn't exactly a hot take. Like that's any NBA player is at their best when they're, you know, the most important shot in basketball is falling for them. Uh But in this game, he just similar to RJ, it just looked like, it looked like the, the like the ball and chain had been taken off of him. You know what I mean? Like everything that he was doing recently just seemed weighted down by maybe by his own head, you know, just like, with the, the weight of expectations, the weight of trying to break a slump, you know, whatever. And he seemed like he was playing freer in this game. Uh, you mentioned the the really great like sidestep three uh, that he had at one point. I think that was in the first, first half. Like that's just like a quintessential IQ shot. Just like casually make something happen because you just know that you can. Uh, but he also did a great job controlling the tempo. You know, I, I thought that, he was doing just all the things that he does at his best, but that at his best always starts with like, can he shoot really well? And he shot really, really well in this game. So I hope just like with RJ, that this is a sign of things to come because uh, unlike RJ, a lot of the time, and certainly unlike Julius, like IQ has definitely been giving it to the Knicks on both ends. So as soon as that offense comes around, he's just going to, Keeping an overwhelmingly positive player for the Knicks this year, I think.
0: Yeah, I just he didn't hesitate tonight. That that was the biggest thing. I mean, to to your point on that side step three, and then and then the second half he had another self created three um, out of a step back where it was just it was a quick double between the legs, put it up, don't even think about it, down the hatch in the bucket, and that that's that's when he's at his best. I thought it was it was really really simple and and honestly, I'm, I'm going to give credit to to another young Nick Quentin Grimes. Um, I, I think he brings that attitude to the table and it's very infectious where e- e- even Jalen Brunson is, is, just, is very meticulous. I would say outside of possibly Derek Rose Grimes is far and away the most decisive player on the sticks roster offensively. And they need that so desperately that jolt of someone who is not going to just sit on the basketball, but is is processing things quick enough to he knows, all right, I'm going to fire the three. I'm going to make the next pass or I'm driving hard to the rim. And, and it's really simple. And there's no wasted motion. There's no wasted dribbles. Um, he he is bringing so much more speed and energy to the Knicks on both ends of the floor, but he's also creating plays defensively every single time he's out there. And my, my favorite quickly play of the night was when quickly he threw um, an entry pass to Obi. Obi threw it out to Grimes and Grimes didn't hold the ball. He just threw it right back to quickly. Quickly had Giddy caught off guard by how fast the pass came in. Quickly torched Giddy off the dribble, uh, got a winding layup at the rim. I, I just want to see more minutes with those guys all together. Because I, man, I, I just, I just think Grimes makes such a big difference for this team, even on a night where he didn't shoot that well. And I thought his decision making as a three point shooter wasn't really all that great.
1: Yeah, yeah, he definitely was. Grimes like picked up the mantle of the guy that was trying a little too hard to get his three point shot to start going in this game. And but if he keeps contributing, the rest of what he's doing it doesn't really matter. Like he can keep trying to figure it out because he's contributing so much positive elsewhere that it's not a huge deal. If he then is trying to get the shot going. Cause once that shot starts going similar to, to quickly, it's like, then everything falls into place at that point, because then he's already showing through these two games of extended minutes that he, what we saw in summer league is similar to what we could see in real life here in the nba like you know it's not that was not just a a summer camp deal that's like real life like he can he can put the ball on the floor he can pass he can you know run some quick actions he could be decisive he can get all the way to the rim that like scoop layup that he had in this game was like just gorgeous i mean that was like that was eye-popping for me that was i mean for the guy that whose minutes he basically took like that was cam reddish esque, you know, for what we've been seeing out of cam recently where he just kind of got in there. And like, even though he's not as long and lanky as cam, he just kind of like went up and under and just used every possible centimeter of his, of his arm to get it, you know, up and under and then up as high as he could to flip that ball up and just made like a gorgeous, uh, you know, flip layup at one point, really great game for him. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing more out of Grimes, and now that we know that Fournier is like out of the rotation, I'm looking forward to a world where we could potentially see some Grimes and Reddish and quickly maybe on the floor together all at once. Maybe they could actually have a very competent, like, guard and wing setup on defense, like one to three, which would be really cool right now because that's not something that we've seen a ton of this year. Um, I also want to shout out uh, Jericho Sims, who managed to differentiate himself enough in the from the pack of the three centers that played tonight. Mitch uh, drew the start, and I thought looked better than he did the first game, but still not quite back to his old self. Uh, Hardenstein I I thought had a pretty forgettable game to
0: my eye. I just had had those he, back-to-back blocks against SGA in the third quarter. That that was yeah. the only thing of note for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So not, not too bad, but Jericho Sims, once again, just kind of, I mean, I, I just, I take so much joy out of the joy that Mike Breen takes out of watching yeah. Jericho Sims. Like every night, it's like, he's always watching him for the first time. It's like, wow, I cannot believe how high he got for that rebound. It's like, come on, man. At what point does the novelty wear off? Like,
0: <laughs> you know, we've seen this for two seasons now. He's like somewhere but, Julius is smiling at that rebound.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, but that said, I mean, I, I thought that he did a good job of differentiating himself as like the best center to touch the floor in this game. Uh, which again, not exactly stiff competition, like Hardenstein having kind of a mad game, Mitch, you know, still getting acclimated coming off a knee injury. But, Encouraging, nonetheless, because again, you know, I, I feel I should note, like when Sims first kind of re-entered the rotation when Mitch did get hurt, I was initially like, "Oh no, he does not look ready to go right now." But quick, quick readjustment, quick learning process. He's, he's clearly processing the game at a pretty high level again, and I really like what we've seen out of him in the last few games. And you know, maybe Mike Breen is onto something that that athleticism kind of never gets old and is always eye popping uh, no matter what he does, including he had another like almost smacked his face on the rim uh, alley-oop in this game, which is kind of just like a once a game occurrence at this point.
0: Yeah. And I, I thought it was, it was very interesting that he was the one who closed the game. So I think that is something to watch going forward. I don't know if that's a reflection on Hartenstein or if that's a reflection on Mitch or if it's a reflection on both of them, but, Tom Thibodeau, uh, very pro Jericho Sims. Uh, but Alex, unless you had any concluding points, uh, I think that is that that's it for this one.
1: Yeah, just last shout out, Miles McBride getting uh extended run again in, in lieu of Derek Rose. Another guy that once the jump shot comes around, I think that he's doing some good stuff right now as far as keeping the ball moving and whatever. But he clearly, if the Knicks still all of the green light, which like Rose had mentioned after that one game uh where they, they made all those threes. If like the whole Knicks still have the green light, Deuce is the one that's clearly taking that the most to heart uh, with how he's shooting right now, because it's like if he touches the ball and he's like moderately open from three, he's popping that shot right now. So, uh but if he figures it out, I think he'll, maybe he'll secure himself a rotation spot. Even once Rose comes back though, that's going to muddy the waters. Certainly. So, uh, but yeah, I think it's a good point to end on. So thank you all for listening and we'll of course have you with more game recaps this week, perhaps some guests, uh, if nothing else, some other stuff to talk about throughout the week, but until next time, thank you all for listening and we will talk to y'all soon. Peace out.